You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen. Jake Martin and John Tabor, of course, running the board back for us at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters. What up, gentlemen? Friday, Friday, Friday. Yes. We are thankful. And a fantastic Friday as that is. The weather kind of gets a little better, thankfully. The sun's out. Yes. The sun was actually out yesterday. We just didn't know when we were in the studio. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. You're always welcome to join the conversation on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Man, this is going to be an exciting and big weekend. we got a lot of different things to discuss over the next two hours. Yes, indeed. We've got some quarterfinal boys basketball matchups. We've got uh, state tournaments being played by the girls basketball teams. A lot going on. Of course, we've got all the college uh, sports happening as well. Uh, let's start with a few headlines from uh, last night. We got some national headlines we will certainly dive into, but as we typically do, we try to stay local. Where would you like to start, Jake? Uh, let's start with where you were last night. Let's start with ULM. Uh, it wasn't pretty, and this is the second time we've said this in the last week. It wasn't pretty, but it was another win for ULM Hoops. They take care of business versus a Little Rock squad that came in with just a measly six wins on the year, but one of those victories uh, it was against ULM at the beginning of the year. Thought it would make had the potential to be a you know a grind it out kind of game, and it developed into that. ULM does eventually go on to win, as we said, another ugly win, but it is a win, 48 to 44 against the Trojans. They have now won uh, eight of their last ten games. Pretty darn impressive for the Hawks. Darn impressive. Uh, I don't think this was the most exciting basketball game to be played this year. Well, when ULM shoots 29% from the field and uh, Little Rock shoots 33% from the field, it should kind of give you an understanding of the number of missed shots in this game. Well, ULM was 8 of 33 Hmm. from behind the three-point line. That's less than 25%. So a lot of misses last night, but... As we've said before, all that matters is getting that W, and that's what ULM did. Travis Munnings did come through. The fact they scored 48 points, and he had 21 of them. Big night for the junior, the Hawks, with the win. They now improved to 15-13 and 13 on the year. So getting closer to securing a winning season. Close out the regular season at home on Saturday. Yes, indeed. So tell me, how was the attendance last night? Uh, it was a little bit better, but it wasn't. It was far from being fantastic. I was going to look up and see the official numbers. I haven't found them anywhere. Uh, a press release? Oh, there hasn't been a press release. Oh. So, still looking for that press release and still looking for those attendance numbers. When I find them, I will let you know. Okay. Because the crowd was a little bit better, but it's still, it was still a, a less than a stellar crowd. They always say, if you win, they will they show up. show up, yeah. Not the case. you got to get a little more promotion out there. Uh, and then in terms of a Grambling, certainly this is noteworthy. They have won their first regular season SWAT championship in 30 years. It got a little dicey against Alabama A&M. So you look into Alabama A&M, and last, they had only two wins on the year. And you're thinking, well, Grambling should take care of business, even though they have been uh, on a major slide since winning 11 straight. Mm-hmm. 
but Alabama A&M, <laughs> one of their victories came against Grambling. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the different Grambling. That was that was so long ago. Um, but like you said, it seems like this matchup just really favors Alabama A&M. <laughs> the one game they must get up for. I guess they had so. a, a nine-point lead with three minutes to go into this game. It looked like they were going to chalk up win number three against Grambling and spoil the Tigers' chances or at least po- postpone their chances of winning a SWAC championship. And Grambling comes storming back, sends it to overtime, and ultimately they win 84-74 to 74 in overtime. So congratulations to them. It has been a remarkable turnaround. Unfortunately, they close out not only their regular season, but their season on Saturday as they are not eligible for postseason play. Yeah, and Ivy Smith was fantastic. He had 32 points in that game, and he hit a three to send it to overtime. Uh, then also the Lady Texers, we talked to a bookstore, of course, earlier in the week. They had a big game at Rice, an Owl squad that had won 15 straight on their home court. This is a winning streak that dated all the way back to last year. And as the Lady Texters have shown all year, they can hang or beat anybody in this conference. And once again, they get the job done on the road. Kiara Anthony was the star, a career-high 30 points in this victory. A little bit of Jekyll and Hyde this year for, for the Lady Texters. But I will say, now with this win, they have to kind of see what these other teams do. They're, they're in play for that bye, uh, one of those four, four byes. So if they get that, and after they beat Rice, who and they actually stopped Rice's 15-game home win streak, which extended back to last season, after that, I'm not sure too many teams are going to want to see Louisiana Tech in the, in the conference tournament. Uh, they cl- their regular season is over, and as Jake mentioned, the three teams they're competing against to get that regular season by, they all play one more game in the regular season. But at least lay textures go out, finish the regular season on a high note and get a couple more days of rest to get ready for the postseason tournament. National scene, college basketball. Saw something last night that I would have never in my wildest dreams imagined. Yeah. First of all, Sean Miller on the court, returning as Arizona's head coach, and then walking into the arena and getting a standing ovation. Sure, of course. I mean, you had to know that was coming with Sean Miller. But Who would have thought that that was going to happen, considering the news from – just rewind one week ago when the news broke Friday night, okay, Saturday college game ago, day. Yeah. You would have thought it, when all that was breaking that you'd see Sean Miller again Ever coaching again? Yeah, no, no. Back then, no. But after his... That's just a week ago. After his statement, though, I, I just... Here's the deal. The we'll, statement came in his post-game we'll, press. Right. We'll, we'll play it. We'll play it for you. But uh, when you learned that he was going to coach, I was, I'm just saying I was expecting the crowd to accept him. Because that's their guy. That's their guy, right? They're going to ride or die with him. Um, but these, this statement, we'll play it in a minute brings up a large question now that has been talked about all across the country. Did ESPN get it wrong? Did they get this report wrong about Sean Miller? And Sean Miller is so, you'll hear it in a second, he is so um, believable in his statement that I think a lot of people are now back on his side. But before well, you, what are you expecting him to do? Before you even he's got to go all in. It's absolutely. his careers on the he line. He has to go all in. But before you make a judgment, I, I don't want people to make judgments yet. We, we simply do not know who, who got it wrong here. And if you're, if you're listening to him, you're going, man, he really sounds believable. I just want to remind you of Ryan Braun. 
I mean, his, his statement, I thought for sure he didn't take steroids, right? I was like, man, he sounds like he's telling the truth. And it's kind of the same day, same thing here, but I have to remind myself of Ryan Braun so I don't fall into that again, right? We simply do not know. But here's the statement. We'll, we'll play the clip. Uh, he, he's very believable. And before we get to this clip, one thing, the, the way that the university is now backing him, and some would say, well, if they backed him so much, why was he taken off the court on Saturday? They said that at that point they were still getting information and kind of weaving through the process. But the statements now coming from Arizona and what they believe or did not happen with Sean Miller and the $100,000 pledge or promise to the recruit, uh, it's pretty strong by the school. They're all in also on Sean Miller. Yeah. Uh, So you want to hear Sean Miller after the game and uh, coming out strong against the reports against him. I have never knowingly violated NCAA rules while serving as head coach of this great program. I have never paid a recruiter prospect or their family or representative to come to Arizona. I never have and I never will. I have never arranged or directed payment or any improper benefits to a recruit or prospect or their family or representative, and I never will. All right, so from the beginning, the story struck me as odd that he would he would be handling it, right? From mo- most people you talk to, they'll say that it's usually someone on staff that handles these sort of things, right? They won't say that on the record, but they'll tell you, like, yeah, usually somebody else is doing that. So it's very strange that he was caught on the wiretap or, or on tape saying the hundred that he would pay the hundred thousand dollars. Allegedly. Allegedly. First, that was the first of all. So it was a weird story from the beginning. Uh, second thing, for Arizona in a week's time to, like you said, but go to bat for him, and then he has this statement prepared after the after the game, where he vehemently denies having any part of it what did arizona discover like what what did they find where where it made up their mind because even it had to be something substantial because you got to imagine most schools in that position would be gun shy to put their coach back out there and put him in a press conference after a game even you know what i'm saying like there has to be something that they found where it's like it's clear that he did not do this Mm. you know what i mean that's that's my questions coming out of it. Now, what do we know? No. We can only speculate at this point. But it's not a great look for ESPN, I'll tell you that. I just believe uh, in today's world, with you know, and this is ESPN, there's got to be one, more than one source that they you have. Hope. You hope. Because if they threw it out there. Uh, it, it, it couldn't have thrown it out there with just one source. You, you could not have thrown out this big of a story with just one source. There has to be multiple sources. Has to be. You listen to that Sean Miller clip. Did that not remind you a little bit of Raphael Palmero up there shaking his finger at Congress? Yeah, a little bit. We'll see if it backfires on Sean Miller. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think right now he's starting to win over the people, though. I just, you know. Arizona fans. Ar- sure, Arizona, but I'm saying listen to some of the some of the broadcast today uh, outside of ESPN, and maybe it's a vendetta against ESPN type of well, thing. Well, yeah, I mean, Fox Sports, and you just heard it minutes ago, Clay well, Travis, he gets Clay. one opportunity to bash. Oh, of course, And Clay. one more, uh, you know, he sees an opportunity, he's going to, you know, pounce. Well, we'll see. We'll see who else does. Yeah. We'll see who else does. Yeah. Farmerville, of course, T says, don't forget that Arizona fired Rich Rod. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. 
That's a that's a great point. You know, I mean, they were for them to go all out with uh, Rich Rod and for them to you know do the exact opposite yeah. with Sean Miller. They had to have found something, right? Yeah. And then proving the scene because this is the last scandal that we had: Mississippi State and, of course, Canizaro. And heck, Mississippi State, their athletic director still hasn't spoken. <laughs> it's been what two weeks? Yeah, two it's weeks. Like, ah, it's Seriously though, Aaron, I, I really want to dr- drill it home. Like, not only did they let him coach, they let him speak with prepared statement. Yeah. Like, well, if you're going to throw him out there, there's something if you're there, saying, man. If you're saying. He, you believe he in him enough to coach, coach then you yeah. got to have him go up there and face the, the Wolves. No, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have done that unless I knew 100%. I was 100% sure that he didn't do it. 888-993-7762. Another huge story in, in college basketball, and it events a pro, involves a program that, of course, has been in the national headlines and had their scandal or two, that being Louisville. If you did not see the game last night, I was on the way home, and, of course, they were breaking it down against uh, Virginia. So Louisville is basically on the bubble, and they're playing a Virginia squad that is, what, number one in the country. And you have this golden opportunity to put yourself over the top. This isn't like LSU. This can really put you (laughs) over the top. So you're literally up by four. Uh Uh-huh. They have the ball with under, it's less than four or five seconds to go. You foul them on a three-point attempt, which is stupid to start with. Sure. So, Virginia goes to the line. They make two free throws. With .9 seconds. You're up by four points with .9 seconds to go. This one's in in the bag. Should be. Jake Martin could be on the sidelines or on the bench, and they would win this game. (laughs) So, you're up by four, .9 seconds to go. Virginia's at the free throw line shooting th- three free throws. They make two, so then you got to feel like you got to miss the third one. They do, but they call a lane violation on Virginia. Mm-hmm. So no, no time expires off the clock. Louisville has the ball under their own bucket with .9 seconds to go. All you got to do is literally throw it up in the air, half the length of the court. Somebody's going to touch it. Time's going to expire, correct? Right, right, right. How many times has an official told a player, and you've seen it, can't move on the baseline? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kid Countless. moves on the baseline. Yeah, yeah. Travel. Mm-hmm. So then you're thinking Virginia still has a shot, but there's still only .9 seconds to go. They inbounds it. Guy throws up just a wild shot, and he banks in a three-pointer. Virginia beats Louisville. Incredible. It's, I don't know if you uh, could what lose. What the odds? What would have been the odds? .000? I mean, come on. That was crazy. And here's the thing. You mentioned how many times has a referee said, you know, you can't move. But how many times have kids been in that pressure-packed situation, right, to knock off the number one team? Uh, how bad do you feel for uh, Louisville's coach, David Padgett? I feel pretty bad. His quote afterwards, I should have done a couple things different there. That's on me. First-time head coach. 30-year-old head coach, everybody's going to make mistakes. That's not on the players. It never, ever will be on the players. It's on me as a head coach. Good for him. Well done. Yeah, well done. But now Louisville's not going to make the dance. Mm. It's tough, man. Is that karma of Patino? You don't know that they're not going to make it. I mean, they could make a run. Yeah, that's true. You know? Mm. Man, that's, a, that's about as bad as it gets in a, to lose a ball game. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know too many teams who have blown a four-point lead with .9 seconds left. I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, other headlines, hopefully we'll have a fantastic finish or two. I believe we have close to uh, 15 area teams in the hunt for state championships on the boys' side. Quarterfinal action tonight. We'll go through the brackets later on in the show. On the girls' side, uh, four area teams going for state championships actually today. Should be a big day. It all gets underway at 10 a.m. with Claiborne Christian versus Christ Episcopal at noon in Class C, number two versus number one, Atlanta versus Plainview. And then at 2 o'clock, how about Delhi? The number one seed will be going after that championship against the number two seed, Maryville. And then at 8 o'clock in the 4A championship game, the Lady Tigers of Neville going after their first title since 1959. They will square off against Warren Easton. Mm. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Uh, good show. We'll talk a little uh, high school baseball as uh, the season really gets going this weekend. Paul Guerrero from uh, Neville will join us at 7.30. we got a number of clips from uh, area high school coaches, boys coaches, as they try to advance on. Plus, you actually hear from Neville's head coach, Lori Gimbalot, as those late Tigers go after that title. Joey, uh, Joey, Joey Trappé will join us at 8.45. And uh, Jeremy Madison, Washita's head coach, will join us live at 8.30. Yes, and we will preview the matchups uh, tonight, and we'll talk a little college baseball as well. All that and more, plus your text, 888-993-7762. Good morning, Drive, on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7, back after this. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive, all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. Hey, this is Sean Fox, sports director here at 97.7, inviting you to join me and the rest of the sports company every day, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 for our unique, unfiltered take on the world of local and national sports. We're going to make you laugh. It might make you cry, and there's a pretty good chance at some point I'm going to make you mad. But we're going to have a lot of fun along the way. That's the Sports Company, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6, right here in your home for sports in North Louisiana, 97.7. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Sorry, there's a bunch of texts here that I forgot to get to, so let's get into them. Quint, I think he just rolls out of bed and says, heck, I, I need to text and get on him right from the get-go. <laughs> so Quint at 613 sends this uh, text this morning. I have an idea for your next Twitter poll. 
Should there be more or less coverage of LSU basketball in the morning drive? I may be in the minority as usual, but I don't understand why LSU gets first billing on your show in college basketball when Grambling Tech and ULM are as good as them. Laying down the gauntlet. Yeah. LSU. We, hold on, hold on, time out. Did we talk about LSU at all this morning? Not yet. Up until that? Yeah. I, I had to silence and muzzle you for that. Oh, that's, that's what happened. I just took a jab at him, that's all. Oh, I see. LSU only makes the tournament every five or so years. That is not a team worthy of coverage that you give him. If you want to cover the third most popular sport at LSU, we need, need more coverage of women's gymnastics. <laughs> I don't know if that's the third most, honestly. <laughs> They're climbing the ranks, man. Yeah, the crowds that they get in the PMAT. Yeah, dude. Uh, I like it, Quinn. It's a solid point. Heck, we're uh, open to anything. You know, take the criticism. Listen, it's true. Yes, and y'all can y'all can steer the ship. Yeah. Text, call. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. DJ J points out. Good luck to the Delhi Lady Bears, class of nineteen ninety four. DJ J. Yes, uh, I'm trying to open my. Okay, Tommy says if ESPN is wrong, this will be a near death blow. Fake news. Let's talk about that for a second. If they are wrong, if if so, this comes out to be that Sean Miller was right all along, they didn't have evidence to run this story. Whoever, let's say he only had one source, the, the guy who wrote. It, I think it was Mark Schlebach that yeah, wrote it. That's correct. Um, let's say he only had one source. What are the ramifications then? I mean. You got to think some people are losing their jobs in that case. Right. Plural too. Yeah, plural. His bosses, of course, everybody that credi- green lighted this story to go public. Exactly, and and the credibility of ESPN's always being questioned mm-hmm. these days. There, it's always being questioned every day, just because sports has gone so political lately yeah. that it's really divided people up, and so a lot of people don't like ESPN, and if they are wrong on this. It's going to be tough to recover from that. And listen, if this story, same story would have took place literally four to five years ago, the dialogue would be completely different. I think everybody would agree, well, obviously Arizona's covering up for Sean Miller. ESPN is in the right. But the times have certainly changed over just the course of the last couple of years. Yeah, we'll, we'll go go into that. Why is that? Why has it changed? Well, just the – Things that they failed on in the past, and then, the, of course, the nature of things that they've allowed to take place. You're saying the trust the of course, ESPN. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Agree with that 100%. 888 uh, the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text. Trent also says ESPN has lost all credibility. A bunch of bogus news worth as much as Fox and CNN propaganda. Hmm. <laughs> Quinn says uh, he only hopes that Jameel Hill is behind this story when it blows up. Wow. Oh, goodness. He gets off the morning drive and then gets on Hill. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's not firing at us anymore. Uh, we did uh, mention a number of headlines, and uh, there was one that we failed to uh, mention. Story, of course, we talked about uh, yesterday for a while, the situation at Texas Wesleyan with uh, the former Louisiana Tech uh, player, Mike Jeffcoat, of course, spent some time in the major leagues, I think almost a, a decade, and uh, his text to a potential prospect Email. or recruit. And then, of course, how this backfired. And we could pretty much see the handwriting on the wall yesterday when we talked about this story. Well, he's out of a job. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't be really surprised by this. With all the backlash that was coming, you had to expect they were going to take action on it. Now, you know, this story was so strange to me because 
it's very rare you see a coach send something like that. I didn't even realize it was an email and not a text. Yeah, no. See, yesterday we, we – That makes it even worse. We got it mixed up because yeah. somebody said text and then another thing said email, and then later on we found out it was yeah. an email. It's the logistics of it, but still, uh, you know, I text, I could just see him sitting around and texting the kid, but an email, I don't know. Yeah, you put a little more thought into an email? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. I don't do a little smiley face and things like that. <laughs> do you do that in text either? No. <laughs> so he is out of a job. College baseball, big weekend is upon us. You look at a couple different matchups. LSU, uh, they have a couple teams they're squaring off against this weekend. It starts tonight in the box versus Toledo. Sorry, Quinn, I led with LSU there. Tech, this is the bigger story. Diamond Dogs playing over in Frisco. Two big matchups of the three games, and it starts tonight as they square off against the Texas A&M Aggies. One of the 15 polls has the Aggies ranked eighth in the country. Yeah. Tech, of course, coming off a disappointing loss to Northwestern. Uh, Grambling versus Prairie View, they already opened it up SWAC play, and this will be out at Wilbur El- at Wilbur Ellis Field this weekend. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I guess I didn't look at the schedule. We mentioned it numerous times, of course, uh, the lack of wins that the Warhawks last had last year were just 12. Uh-huh. But two of those came versus Southern Illinois. One of the few series that yeah. they actually won last year, they got a return trip this weekend as they make the long bus ride up there to square off against Southern Illinois. Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing how Louisiana Tech fares against these really good teams this, this weekend. I want to see if the pitcher can continue to dominate because it has been dominant. So far Except for the bullpen uh, work against Northwestern State the other night. Yeah, one slip-up. But overall, I mean, the starting pitching has been spectacular. Statistically, I mean, we were talking about Louisiana Tech's pitching, and it's ranked in the top uh, 20 uh, in pretty early in the season. But still, as you mentioned, yeah. uh, pretty good. Pretty dang good. I want to see if the offense can catch up, though. You're going to need those bats to come alive against these really good teams. Let's take a timeout. Coming up after the break, uh, we're going to have uh, Paul Guerrero. We're going to talk a little uh, high school baseball, Mother Nature, if it allows. I, I know it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow. It's been a rough week and what that's meant to the fields and, of course, uh, the plans to have the Trey Altic uh, Classic this week with uh, close to 90 teams that were anticipated to be in northeast Louisiana. Yeah, I had, had some games rained out last night, which I was really disappointed about. Uh, we'll talk some uh, high school baseball with Paul Guerrero after the break. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, You'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, 
and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Nazir Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Should be a nice weekend. At least tomorrow should be a fabulous day to go out and check out some uh, high school baseball. Now joining us on the Stewart Shelby State Farm Hotline Championship Coach Paul Guerrero. What's up, bud? What's up, guys? Y'all doing all right? Yeah. Well, what is this weather? What kind of headaches has it posed for you so far in this early season? Oh man, it, it's been it's been terrible. The uh, <laughs> yeah, we were able to play last last weekend down in Sulphur, but of course this weekend the the biggest problem just been the scheduling and rescheduling and and all that type stuff and. Uh, especially the more teams you have. But, of course, it hadn't been a headache for me. Tim O'Neill's had to handle pretty much every bit of that with being the tournament director. And he's drawn up brackets and revised and re-revised, re-re-revised. And it's, uh, it's, been, it's definitely been, uh, been something to see. Paul, I drove by your field uh, twice uh, this past week. One day it looked like a lake out there. Then the next day there was some poor fool out there, and it was probably you on the infield, and it just looked miserable. How bad of a beating did your field take? Um, it was pretty bad. Yeah, we, we kind of got trapped, and um, we added a bunch of dirt um, and, and conditioner right before the, the, the rain started, so it uh, made it probably about five inches worth of mud and uh we we uh i'm a lot of my coaches have been out there really doing uh, a lot of work with it. i think we finally got it where we'll be good to go today and uh tomorrow and we actually play sunday too but um i think we finally gonna get it we, we can get more than one day of sun that that was the problem before is it wouldn't stop raining long enough for the field to recover and we couldn't even get the tarp on it for a while so at this point, how jealous are you of uh, teams or programs and schools that have uh, turf fields? Oh, I, I, my coaches will tell you I've said it a thousand times. I, I'm, I'm for turf and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it would be so it be so good. And yeah, I've talked to turf companies that you know it pays for itself faster in baseball than it does in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's. Uh, and I know there's a lot of traditionalists and stuff like that, but they're obviously the ones that don't ever have to work on a field. But uh, I love turf. When you look at colleges nowadays, more and more when you look at regionals and, and colleges and stuff, the, the more and more fields are popping up with turf. And I think it'd be, it'd be awesome to have it. During the season, how many hours do you estimate that you guys spend working on that field? Uh, I actually – five years i actually kind of did a little bit of stuff, uh trying to guess but I, I don't know i can't remember how many i i know that 
I mean, it's every day at least two hours on it, if not more. And then every time it rains or something like that. Now, I'm fortunate. I'll tell you this. We got so much stuff going on with our three teams that, that our assistant coaches really pull the pull the bulk of all that work. I told them, you know, for for 12 years I did all that stuff by myself. So they uh, they stepped up and kind of gave me a break. So. <laughs> Uh, Neville head coach Parker joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, you mentioned the Altic Classic, and this thing it seems like it gets bigger and better every year. Now with Mother Nature, of course, going to have to split up a little bit, play some games down south. What has this tournament meant? And, of course, I know the, the connection to Neville and being a former player. I mean, this, this is definitely one of the most premier tournaments, uh, I think not only in, in the state, but uh, in the south. You know, we, we, we've uh, – there's been a lot of out-of-state teams added this year, and I think there'll probably be more uh, whenever, now that we've cleared where we can count PowerPoints. But, uh, I mean, it's really been, been a tournament that everybody looks forward to. And, of course, Dr. Uh, Dr. Altic and, and Helena step up and, and try to do whatever they can to, to make it one of the best tournaments around. And, you know, it's easy for teams to travel here because, you know, they get, uh, they get some hotel money, they, get, they eat get fed for free after every game there's a fish fry on fridays they get t-shirts i mean it, it's it's one of the best deals on tournaments that you can find and uh you know the atmosphere around and that's probably one of the things that's been the most disappointing you know is we've, we've had to lose some of those teams that uh that uh had to stay down south and you know and there's been some other teams that kind of didn't honor their commitment to come and uh they they went looking for other uh tournaments and bailed on us and that's kind of a lot of, a lot of the rescheduling type deal that uh, tim's had to do but um but it, it's it's one of the best tournaments in the south by far we haven't had a chance to visit at link since you guys of course won that uh state championship does that change this program at all uh i think it changed the um the expectations um, it, it's been it was it's kind of odd because uh, it, it's been of course a long time since we've had to start a year and um, learn how to defend something. But uh, I think these kids are, are are grasping that pretty good. Of course, the guy that does their schedule, you know, fed us pretty much to the wolves this past weekend. But uh, I think I think we learned a little bit from it. Yeah, you know, we kind of went through Barb, Turling, Sulphur, and Opelousas Catholic, and uh, I kind of I think we got humbled a little bit, and I think that's something that I think will help in the long run. But it, it's it's been a it's been something that's good as far as expectations and and the kids really taking pride earlier um, than we've had in the last couple of years. Off that squad that won a state championship for what the first time in almost what uh, over fifty years, how many players do you have returning? We have uh, well, we got five starters. We have every pitcher from last year's back this year, and that is the is probably the, the most positive thing about it. But but uh, we had a lot of guys that that got significant playing time at some point last year. So I mean, we lost five uh, five starters from last year's team that were really was a a, a bulk of our offensive production. That's been our, our hardest thing to kind of uh, bounce back and, and try to find a way to, 
to get some runs across the board because we, we've pitched really well in the five games we've played, but offensively we've been, been very anemic, uh, to say the least. But um, we that's probably the, the big thing. We Our offense, what we got to replace, but our pitching, I mean, we got guys that, you know, that, that every guy that's pitched in the playoffs and all the, the – the last 24 games where we won 21 out of our last 24, every one of those guys are back from, from last year. Yeah, and I've been seeing on, on Twitter, y'all been using the, the hashtag power of three. And I know how you like to use different slogans every year. Uh, can you tell us the meaning of that slogan this year and what that means for your team? Yeah, the, um, the power of three comes from uh, from Second Samuel when the – you know, David had his thirty mighty men, and and we talk about the he really had three main guys, uh, which he called the three. One of them uh, was a leader, and and tried to to lead, and and tried to bring the rest of the guys to help lead with him. Uh, there was one of them that fought back to back with David, and uh, you know back then we tell them you know, they they didn't have armor in the back, so they kind of had to fight back to back. And we also used that a little bit to the whole. You know, uh, winning. We told our kids every time because we knew it was gonna it was gonna happen. Every time, their people are gonna be saying, "Hey, y'all need to go back to back." We told them every time you hear that, you need to think think about fighting back to back with your teammates. Um, and then we had uh, the, the third man. Third one is uh, one that uh, when everybody else is uh, won't fight or can't fight, you know, you'll fight by themselves for us, and uh, that's. That's the power of three that we've talked about with our guys. What's the schedule look like this weekend for you guys in the Altic Classic? Uh, we got t- tonight. We've got Pineville at five thirty here at our place. Uh, tomorrow, we have Southwood at five o'clock here, and then we bumped one of our games uh, Sunday. We're playing Sunday at three o'clock versus uh, Saint Frederick, and of course, all three of those here. Paul, you mentioned the fact you guys went down south uh, last week, and it always seems like uh, northern squads typically take a, take a little bit of a beating down there early on, and then you guys are always playing catch-up. Do you find that being the case, and then by the time the postseason rolls around, a little bit more of a, a level playing field, or is that just me reading too much into it? No, I, I think I think um, I think there's a lot of truth in that. You know, in, in the tournament that we choose to go in, and we were actually talking about this a couple weeks back is uh you know we talk about every year we go down there it's like we play barb and turlings in the first two games of the year and you know that's two two premier programs in the state and uh you know you look at the tournament that we go to and there's there's not a whole lot of other teams that you could play that would be any any uh any less of a, a chore to take on but uh we always like to start at sulfur uh, because we tell them we want to start and finish at Sulphur. Mm. And uh, that's that's a, it's a tournament that I think every, as long as the, the teams that they have coming, you know, we get to go play, like you mentioned, we play on the turf fields for a weekend, and we feel pretty confident that we'll get that first tournament in. And um, But I, I think we do. You know, we take a beating. And there's other teams. I know Rustin and West Washington go to New Orleans, and they face, uh, you know, the Brother Martins, Jesuits, and, uh, you know, a lot of those type teams. And I, I think it's better for us in the long run as far as kind of giving you a benchmark, you know, how you guys thought you were good. You know, look, this is the kind of teams that are out there throughout the state. You know, we're going to have to raise our game a little bit. 
Um, yeah, but we've had some success in some years, but uh, but I think it's been good for us as far as uh, offensively. I mean, especially you mentioned about us defending, uh, you know, being the state champion. I think the the first thing we saw as a difference is we started seeing uh, a little bit better pitcher than what we had seen in the past in that uh, tournament going through. We kind of got uh, some guys better guy. And so I think that was good for our guys offensively, too. Well, Northeast Louisiana certainly held its own uh, last year on the state stage. Uh, this year, as you look at the big picture of baseball in Northeast Louisiana, pretty solid? I think so. I think, um, yeah, I think we, we're, uh, we'll have some pitching back if we can, if we can learn to score it a little bit. And Starlington, I know they're, they're going to be very good again. And, and, uh, West Monroe, they've, they've had some, uh, good young guys that have, that are now, I think, juniors that they've been starting since they were freshmen. You know, they lost a little bit of their their punch offensively, but uh, you know, they had probably. I know for me, the best high school lineup I've ever seen last year. But uh, I think they're they're going to be uh, a team that's going to be pretty good too. And of course, West Washtenaw every year. You know, they got three power arms out there, and Mitch will tell you that you know that they're the worst team in the state. But uh, you know, but they'll be there in the end too. But uh, you know, you look at all these different teams. You know, Rust and OCS. Of course, they're they're loaded every year too. And and uh, Washita's got a, a a good group. I think it's probably one of the better years uh, for baseball. You know, I don't know about. I don't. I, don't, I hadn't really paid attention much to the prospect. I think there were probably a little bit more prospects in a couple of years past. But as far as just the, the scrappiness of teams and and being teams that have a chance to compete for. Uh, you know, for a championship, I think that, that we're pretty strong in this in this area of the state. Kind of piggybacking off of that, uh, you know, you yourself, y'all are defending champions. You mentioned West Washita and what they bring to the table every year. And now Franklin Parish made some waves last year and is looking to be, you know, even better this year. Can you make the argument that District 24A could be the best in the state? Oh, I, I honestly would tell you I think, Definitely, it is. Uh, it's one of the best in the state. I mean, if you look, you know, at one point, of course, when Tioga was there, if you look like at the last four state championships, there's been a team from our district in the 4A state championship. Um, you know, with us, Tioga, West Washita. You know, in 2014, we played West Washita in the semifinals before we played in the state championship, and and Tioga's been there. West Washita's been in the state tournament and in the state championship, and uh, I definitely do. I think last year was a fluke. West Washington got got kind of beat in the first round, and you know they they very well could have been the team that that we ended up playing for the state championship had they not. Uh, you know that was that one game. You know mm-hmm. have that one game let down, and you're done for the year. But uh, yes, I, to, you know to get to the point. Yes, I agree. I think it could be one of the best in the state for a. Paul, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck this weekend in the Altic Classic. All right, appreciate you guys. Paul Greer, Neville's head coach. Yeah, I'm You're excited. fired up. I, I'm excited, You man. love yourself some high school baseball. I love high school baseball. Softball as well. I, I, I love this time of the year. Um, it's just it's just nice to go to a game. It's just a relaxing environment. You know what I mean? It's just nice to get out in the sun and just kind of relax and watch some good. Listen, the where I used to cover uh, high school sports, 
the baseball was not good at all. I'm talking about <laughs> 20 to nothing games, like just no fundamentals. So when I got here, I quickly fell in love with the baseball and softball because it is played at a very high level. Mm. You know what will not be a relaxing environment? <laughs> What's that? The environment tonight, Wasman Carroll in the Belton Complex. Yes, sir. It's going to be crazy. Let's talk a little uh, high school hoops after the break as we look forward to the state quarterfinals on the boys' side. The morning drive is back after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. Hey, this is Doug Gottlieb with a very important message. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car in the tracks, you're right, it will, about a mile after it hits you, which surprisingly happens more than you think to people who try and beat trains across the tracks. In 2015 alone, 230 people were killed at railroad crossings. So next time you see a train approaching, don't try and beat it, because statistics show you might lose. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hooters, you can watch the tournament with all your buddies. And when your buddies are the world-famous Hooters girls, there's always plenty of ice-cold beer and our new smoked wings that are nothing but net. Hooters girls know plenty about basketball, but we really know the fans who live for it. So come in and catch all the games with your whole crew and try our new smoked wings. Marinated overnight, then smoked low and slow. It's a whole new take on our craveable wings, and they may be our best ones yet. Hooters. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Got a couple texts here, of course, uh, going through the headlines. We mentioned uh, former Louisiana Tech standout Mike Jeffcoat, of course, now is at, was at Texas Wesleyan as the head coach. Uh, the story that made some uh, national headlines this week when he. Uh, sent an email to a high school prospect in Colorado and basically talked about the fact that he, they weren't going to recruit him because they had some issues in the past with uh, players from Colorado failing drug tests. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Yes. And he, uh, of course, uh, blamed it on you can thank your uh, liberal politicians for that. So this did not go over well as anticipated. News coming out yesterday, of course, he has been fired. That's so, – Got this response. So Russell chives in on the text line. This is the text of the day so far. I bet former tech baseball player Mike Jeffcoat could use a joint right now. The actual email says, we have made a decision not to take a chance on student-athletes from your state. You can thank your liberal politicians, end quote. Yeah, so, look, that's that's one of those things where I think he was trying to make a statement there. Come on. He, he's smart enough guy to know that's going to get out to the press, and that people are going to have opinions about that, hard opinions about that. So, you know, he got his word out there. We look forward to uh, tonight. Uh, we mentioned uh, the girls' action. We'll have some sound coming up later from uh, Coach Lori Gimbalot from Neville as uh, their Tigers try to go after the school's first state championship since 1959. 
Uh, they'll play at 8 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Of course, you got Delhi in the 1A finals in uh, Class C at noon. Atlanta will go after a title here. And then you basically have brunch with Claiborne Christian. The Lady Crusaders will play in the Division Five championship at 10 a.m. Tonight, uh, close to 15, 16 area teams going uh, or trying to advance to the semifinals. On the boys' side, Jake, and I think we have to start our previews with what's going to take place over at Wasman tonight. You most certainly do. Carroll versus Wasman. This is the third time they're hooking up. Um, Wasman beat them twice in district. Um, over the course of the last three years since Casey Jones has taken over for the Wasman program, the Wildcats are 7-3 and three versus the Bulldogs, including last year when they beat them in the semifinals to advance to the title game. Yeah, and, you know, the last time they played, Wasman beat Carroll at, on Carroll's floor 74-60. to 60. So what I want to know is where is Carroll's confidence heading into this game? Mm. Where is their confidence? Because we know Wasman's feeling really good about themselves after running through district and just go with the first two uh, playoff opponents with ease. We were kind of curious what would happen when that Casey Jones took over the Wasman program, and I think he's answered those questions. Two consecutive state runner-up finishes. Now uh, in his third year at Wasman, they have a record of 75 and 27. <laughs> That's crazy. That follows, of course, when he was at Washita and had a record of 386 with just 99 losses. Hmm. Washita, of course, was banging on that championship door for a number of years. They were able to win that state championship back in 2009. Now Casey Jones continues to chase after that second title for him and, more importantly, one for Wasman. Yesterday I had an opportunity to sit down with him and kind of reflect on his career, but more importantly, on tonight's matchup versus the Dogs. Uh, just the opportunity to keep playing uh, in the playoffs is already special. Uh, happy for these group of young men. They've worked hard this year, and uh, they deserve the recognition they're getting right now. Uh, playing a familiar fold it makes it easier to uh, call as film. We know what to expect from them. They know what to expect from us, so we just got to go out and execute. Do you do much game planning for this or any tweaks or different things you might throw at them a little bit differently? Certainly, we work on different things every day. Um, we try to, you know, try to figure out some things that they may throw at us, and I'm sure they're doing the same. And we try to put in a few wrinkles offensively and defensively because we know each other so well. This matchup against Carroll and this rivalry, what does it mean to this fan base? Uh, it means a lot to the fan base. Uh, both fan bases get into this game. There's a lot of talk going on. Uh, I just try to keep my kids focused on the task at hand and go out there and execute the game plan. The message that you give them when you face a crowd and a team like that, of course, you'll have the home court advantage, but you know how it'll be in here. It'll be wild. Mm -hmm. How do they handle their emotions? Well, I just tell them, you know, guys can't win games from the stands. You know, you got to stay focused on what we're doing on the court. Uh, there's going to be five players on the court for us and five from them, and uh, each team's got to execute. If you get caught up in the fan base, then um, you, you hurt your team. What's the biggest concern with this Carroll team? Uh, anytime you face a Carroll team, it's their size. You know, they're an excellent rebounding team. Uh, they Sometimes I feel like they shoot it just to go get it. If you don't block them out, if you give them second shots, it's going to be a long night for you. If I'm Joe Blow out there, the average fan, what time do I need to be here to get into this place? Uh, to get you a good park, you may need to be here around, you know, 5.30, 5.45. Uh, but we're going to open doors at 5.45 to let everybody get in and get comfortable. Go ahead and get your concession uh, and see can both teams put on a good show. 
Uh, is this kind of what you envisioned when you made the trip from Washita to here, year in and year out, this program contending for a title? Well, I was just coming to try to get the program back on the right pack, uh, right track. Uh, Washington has been a powerhouse for years. Uh, they had a couple down years and uh, before I got here. But uh, I just came to try to do what I can do and help the program. And uh, Coach Belden is one of my mentors, and uh, he worked hard to get this program going. And so I just wanted to get it back to that level. We talk a lot about the media schmoes and, of course, what's taken place the last two years of you guys falling short against very, very good teams. Mm -hmm. Does that even come into play with this team or is it a completely different squad? I don't think this team is even thinking about that. It's a completely different squad. We've got two or three kids that played on the last couple of years. Uh, I don't even tell them about the history of what's going on. I just want them to continue to have fun, continue to play hard, and enjoy the ride. Has this team surprised you at all? Uh, not really. Uh, I knew early on we were going to struggle because we were trying to figure out our identity. We didn't know uh, who can take what shot at what time, and uh, we weren't playing defense the way we were supposed to. Uh, probably after the Don Redden tournament, uh, during the Don Redden tournament, actually kind of kicked in what we need to do and who we need to get the ball to at the right time. Being one of the most successful coaches, not only in this area, but in the state, what does this time of the year mean to you? Uh, this is what I coach for, uh, to be honest with you. I know you, you got to go through the process. You can't skip just straight to the playoffs, but uh, you got to go through your preseason running weights and preseason agilities and drills and all the regular season games and your district games. But, you know, for me personally, uh, the playoff is what it's all about for me. You talk about the history doesn't matter to the players, but does it matter to you for you to taste championship again? Uh, no doubt. You know, uh, I've been there uh, five times. Uh, don't have the greatest record, one and four. But at the same time, there's a lot of coaches around the state of trade places with me wanting to be in the championship game five times. So uh, coaches always make that comment if, it don't matter if you if you don't win it. Uh, I disagree with that. Uh, I'd rather be playing for a championship than sitting at home. Well, I just go back to the fact the kiss that was heard across Northeast Louisiana the one time you did win it. Mm -hmm. What that meant, and you sat there and you enjoyed it and savored because you knew it didn't come around every year. Yeah, I enjoyed that, and it also was a, a tough time for him. my father had just passed away. Uh, I felt like he was with me during that game, and uh, it was extra special to win it. Uh, it was my uh, the day my father passed when we won the championship. Did not realize that was actually the first time he's told me that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, you look at the the complex, and of course everybody remembers the purple spectrum and the games that were played in there, the home court advantage that that gave Wasman. They now have beautiful facility, and the Wildcats have been extremely successful at home over the course of the last two and a half seasons. Uh, play seats, I think, around 1900. He mentioned the fact that you need to get there probably 535, 45. And I don't know if that's actually an exaggeration. No, it's really not. Uh, you know, because parking, parking can get tricky there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I expect when I get there early, there's going to be a lot of people already. There might be a line to get in, honestly. And that is an, a line of question with uh, how will both teams respond to that. But this isn't new ground or new territory for both of these teams in terms of playing in front of crowds like that both times that they've already played this year during the regular season I mean it was pretty close to uh, capacity the first time at Wasman. I know over at Carroll mm -hmm. they had a huge crowd also yeah but you know what my greatest fear is for tonight Aaron we get the same officiating crew that we got for <laughs> Wastel Western Road. I will pull my hair out if that is the case uh hopefully that will not be the Lafayette crew that is calling this game <laughs> I hope not on uh, the other bench you have a uh, Jesse Burnett and the job that he continues to do over at Carroll and what he has done over the course of the last 44 years in the biz also I had an opportunity to sit down with him and discuss the matchup against the Cats 
Well, you know, Watchman, it's a Casey Jones team. You know, they do a lot of things well. They defend well. They're very disciplined. They're a good ball club. Uh, we enjoy playing them. I enjoy playing him. You know, I think the competitiveness go back a long ways with us. So we both like to compete. I was at the one that was at Wasman. It seemed like your big guys didn't make themselves, their presence known that much in that contest. How important is that for you guys to start to dominate the paint? Well, we're going to have to. You're going to have to do a, good, do a good job of blocking out. And if you box out real well, you know, limit them to a shot. You can't, what happens when your second and third shot comes up and it hurts you? You've had a number of these now. I mean, it seems like year in and year out, you got one of these. We got to go back to last year in the district. And then, of course, in the semifinals, I remember a couple of years ago, Casey's first year, packed house for the playoffs. What do these showdowns mean to you? Well, I enjoy them. I look forward to them. Uh, sometimes you wish you could play uh, rather than, you know, to be the coach on the team and stuff. But uh, we're going to do our best, and we're going to put our best foot forward. That's all we can do. When you go around the community, when a game is approaching like this, what's it like? What do you hear from Carroll fans? Everybody will be there. You know, I, I tell most of my people that just get there a little early. Uh, it's a 7 o'clock game. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the gym is a, is, a, is a great atmosphere to play in. It's a great gym to play in. But you need to have all your folks there because at some point in time it's going to fill up. What do you tell players now that they've had that taste of it, the majority of them? Does that help you in a case like this, the fact you played there as a, as a hostile environment the first time around? Oh, yeah. No doubt it'll help. Uh, it's a rivalry that, that be, beyond all rivalries. We can play marbles and we still pack the house with marbles. So uh, we just look forward to it and look forward for a great game. Two kids we're going to recognize this week. What have they meant to your guys' success this year? I think everybody thought that we'd have some problems by people we had lost, but I thought they did a good job of stepping up, stepping in and helping uh, and, and kind of leading a young group of kids. Uh, everybody thought we were another year or another two years away because they were young people, uh, but they have stepped up and done a great job for us. How many guys did you lose off last year? We lost, uh, we lost a bunch, but three of the, well, the best, you know, were starters for us. One being Larry Owens, who's at Northwestern now. Uh, uh, we just thought that, you know, that we would have to go and depend on young people. You don't know how young people are going to play. And as the season went on, they did a very good job. And the fact that everybody says maybe next year, but you say, why not this year? Correct? Why not? You know, anytime that you can get to this part, you know, you're in a quarterfinal and you got a ball game coming up and it's 32 minutes, you know, anything can happen. Wasman, the favorite in this one against Carroll, but of course the Bulldogs, they got a puncher's chance. Uh, yes, yes indeed. Anytime these two lock horns, you expect a great game. I expect another great game tonight. You mentioned this is the fourth matchup. Uh, Wasman winning uh, the two in district play. Carroll won a game in non-district competition. Yes. yes. Uh, more high school hoops coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. You can weigh in on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. More previews coming up, including Jeremy Madison from Washita will join us at 8.30. Morning Drive rolls along after this on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com. 
or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.